0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: On today's show, one of the stars of the Chase Australia, Bryden the Shark Coverdale, joins me to talk about his new book, The Quizmasters. My name is Justin Hamilton, and if this were an episode of Jeopardy, I'd answer with what is Big Squid? Thank you very much for tuning into today's episode. As you can hear from the previous episode, I am definitely on the upswing from this flu. And uh, I'll just say it right now. Thank goodness for vaccinations. I've been getting the flu vaccine for years now. And I reckon if I hadn't had it, damn, I would have been out of action for quite a while. So I am (laughs) relieved that uh, it is in the rearview mirror Well almost in the rearview mirror. i still got a bit of a cough, but let's not complain about that. I feel much better. I have a lot more energy. I'm ready to take on the world, you know, before it gets dark, anyway. Uh, Also, a shout out to one of our long-time listeners to the podcast, Claire, who came to my gig in Hunter's Hill on Friday night and hung around for a chat. Always lovely to see you, Claire. And uh, also, thank you for uh, a few of you who came along and didn't hang around. You know, it's all right to hang around, say hello. But you did send some nice messages, and uh, I know you were keen to uh, get on the road and uh, drive home. But uh, thank you for coming to the gig. It was a fun one, wasn't it? And, uh, (laughs) look, I can't really remember when the words goat fucker uh, ever got a bigger cheer. The people at the gig at Hunters Hill and anyone who saw me perform in Adelaide recently will know... uh, (laughs) the joke that I am referencing. And, you know, maybe I'll do another gig soon and I'll throw that in there. And then you too can find out why I would be saying that on stage. There's a legit reason. It's a metaphor. So, anyway. Uh, thank you for the great emails as well for the latest beautiful tales for the disenchanted episode Squeak. Uh, it also seems like some of you had missed the first one, so uh, I appreciate that you listened to this episode and then you went back and listened to our first one, which was king Hamster and uh, It seems like uh, there 's a lot of you really enjoying uh, having a a story kind of break up what we do here. Uh, if this is the first episode you 've listened to or maybe it 's the first episode of the podcast you 've listened to in a while, I know that we you know, people come in and out of uh, listening or they might just miss an episode. Uh, you can find the Beautiful Tales episodes. They're from this season. Uh, if you just go to ACAST, you know, they have uh, different headlines. They have specific images. And if you're not quite sure what it is, the the, the idea behind Beautiful T- Tales is that it is a... um. God, my Aussie accent really kicked in for a moment. Then I nearly said Beautiful tiles, Beautiful Tales. Uh, think of it as uh, my take on anthology storytelling uh, in the vein of, I guess, The Twilight Zone or Vertigo's The Wasteland comic series. Uh, They're not necessarily stories that need twists, but uh, look, I I love writing short stories. I love writing stories. I love writing uh, stand-up shows. If you've ever seen me perform uh, live, I'm a storyteller by heart. So, you know, I didn't want the podcast just to be me commenting on everyone else's work. I want to keep making my own work. So that's what uh, Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted will provide me the opportunity to do so, and also it allows me to work with the great producer Sean Allen. He does all the audio production on these episodes, and and you know, you guys that have listened to it, you can you can hear it, can't you? You can hear the the layers that he adds, and we have so many great ideas coming up we have some great ideas we've got some long-term plans uh but for the moment they will be short one-off stories that you can enjoy while going for a walk or sitting in the dark you know with a with a blanket wrapped around your shoulders and uh i've just started work on the next story actually it's uh, it's still early in the planning stages, they take quite a while to put together, uh, I don't want to rush them out, but uh, the next one is going to be a meat cute story that goes in a slightly different direction than you'd expect, so I'm looking forward to getting that out there. Actually, you know what, uh, while we're talking about previous uh, episodes of this podcast, uh, I have noticed that we've had a whole bunch of new subscribers uh, who have uh, jumped on board, which is fantastic. The podcast is going really well, and uh, it's getting ahead of even where I was hoping it might be. And uh, I might as well just take this opportunity to remind you that this is our fifth season of Big Squid, and if you're new, there is a whole library of episodes, and we're coming up to our 200th podcast very soon. And you can uh, go back and you can find uh, a whole Series on the Watchmen HBO series. That's how we actually started off. Uh, There's a seven-part series on David Bowie's final album. Uh, There's previous Deep Dive director series. We did Christopher Nolan movies. We did Sophia Coppola. We're up to David Lynch now. Uh, We also have ongoing series within this feed, Space Podacy, where Ben Elwood and I discuss our favourite science fiction movies. The There's the uh, Ausploitation-centric Past the Amel, uh, where we look at all these great Aussie films uh, with my mate Garth Jones. And, uh, you know, there's also episodes with guests from all over the world, all over Australia. Uh, we've had New York Times best selling author Chris Herring. We've had uh, the dudes from The Dollop, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. Uh, UK author Ryan Hughes. Uh, that's uh let's not get away from the homegrown australian talent uh, off the top of my head richard Feidler, author a w hammond we've had comedians alex j adam richard uh who else we've had the total reboot crew alexian cam charlie clawson uh, rachel Melanta, who uh, we used to check in with uh, in canada that reminds me i have to check in with rachel she's now in chicago and uh, doing some great work over there so i want to Uh, I have to get back in touch with her. Yes, yes, yes. I should have written all of this down. This is uh, what happens when I riff at the start of uh, a podcast too much. You can tell that I'm feeling better. I've got a lot more energy and I'm uh, banging on a little bit more uh, like I usually do. But anyway, there's a whole catalogue out there that you can tap into whenever you want. And this uh, podcast, Big Squid, is a place where we celebrate all manner of art and entertainment uh, from the mainstream to the obscure, from high art to low art. It's been a fun podcast to make and I'm loving our growth as a product. And uh, also, uh, if you're new, the Big Squid audience is second to none. Super smart people who love what they love. And they show a curiosity about something that maybe they haven't heard about before. But it's new and, and it's shiny. It's good to show curiosity. Too often people hear things and say, no, nah, don't know what that is. Not into it. But not here. Here we talk about stuff that you may not have heard about before. But people talk about it with passion. And we try to give jumping on points. So if you feel like that you want to give it a go, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll help you find your way into it. So, um, you know, if you're a regular uh, listener to the podcast, thank you for being a part of our great community. And if you're new, I hope you stick around and become a regular part of the gang. Uh, Also, if you'd like to connect with the community and be able to discuss some of the stuff you hear us talking about or even just stuff that you love, there's some options for you. You can either join our normal Facebook page or better yet, actually go to the private Facebook page, answer the questions there. There's three questions. I just need you to answer them. because Uh, bots try to get in and they don't answer the questions. That's literally why I need you to answer the questions so I know that you're an actual human person. So uh, you can come over to the private Facebook page. Great uh, group of people all discussing uh, art and entertainment. Uh, The only rules are uh, when you join up, you just have to be passionate about what you love. Don't shit on anything that someone else loves that you're not into. And there's nothing wrong with being critical, but just Back it up with thought-out reasons and be open to people who might disagree with you uh, but will in turn treat you with respect. Uh, It's what we used to call in the old days, spirited discussion. Hmm. Remember those good old days before the internet fucked everything up? Uh, Also, if you'd like to have access to extra podcasts and scripts, etc., and also uh, find another place where you can discuss things, you can, uh, oh, and you can also win competitions like the Win Shit Off My Desk competition that uh, Grant Long uh, recently won. Uh, You can head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid and find a tier that suits you. Everyone who signs up has an episode dedicated to them. And our Patreon shout out today goes to Claire Allender who has been with the podcast for a long time now. Hi, Claire. Thank you very much for your continued support, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's uh, it's a really fun interview, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's really great. And you know what? I'm banging on. Let's get to the interview. For God's sakes, Hamo, Fucking people have shit to do. Didn't check in for me to... Anyway, I'm feeling better. This is what happens when I feel better. You're probably wishing that I was still feeling sick. I just got straight into it last week. Uh, Right. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, I work behind the scenes on the number one entertainment show in Australia, The Chase. Take that, Tom (laughs) Gleason! I work very closely with all of The Chasers, and today we have the author of The Quizmasters, Inside the World of Trivia, Obsession, and Million Dollar Prizes. This is equal parts a fun memoir, and it also doubles down as a how-to guide to win all the money. That's right, all of it. Let's bring in the author who is known affectionately on the chase as the shark, Brydon Coverdale. There's an interesting point, I think, when uh, you are well into your career, as you are with yours now, where you can kind of look back and you can see something from your youth that you didn't realise it at the time, but it kind of tells you where you're going to eventually go. For me, it was in grade two, had to do a play, had to burst in with a gun, and while I was waiting to go in, I realised that the latch was loose. And if I snapped my hand, the gun would point down. And so when I came in, I snapped it and pretended to shoot myself in the foot, and I got a big laugh, and I thought, that's tasty. I like that. I might... hold on to that feeling for a while. And was, was there ever a point that you can remember when you look back where you just answered something or you were just across something that everyone else wasn't. And it started to give you the fire
2: of uh, this career that you've chosen. Uh, look, I was always really keen to like, you know, have one over on my older brothers and sisters at like board games <laughs> and stuff. But th- there was a, a, a school trivia night when I was in year seven and, um, and, you know, the year sevens just formed this table against all of the, you know, older parents and everything. And there, there was some who am I's where you, you know, put your hand up and you won a prize. And so I already by that stage, I just had this mind for dates and things. And so I think all they had to say was something like, you know, born in Balmain in 1937 and, you know, there was maybe some reference to being some sort of athlete. And I said, oh, that's Dawn Fraser. And right. so, and so. You know, I won a twenty dollar voucher from the local butcher shop. Um, you know, it's like not quite the stereotypical meat tray, but it's kind of you know, <laughs> it's, it's like a you know a gateway to the to the meat tray, um, and um, and that that was probably that was probably one of the first um, you know trivia competitions that I'd really taken part about um, in outside of you know board games with the family. So yeah, that that sort of that sort of moment um, it. it it, this sort of stuff is addictive, and and getting getting a little victory like that just makes you go, oh right, where's the next one coming from?
1: Yeah. Yeah. By the way, can you please call your next book "Gateway to the Meat Tray"? Like, yeah, that would be-
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that should have been that should have, that should have been that chapter title.
1: Damn. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 You've got a whole book there. You've got a whole yeah. book waiting for you. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's a fascinating world because uh, I've talked a little bit on this podcast about uh, working on the chase, but not. Not, not too much, and it's. Uh, I find it fascinating because I find that there are some major parallels with uh, stand-up comedy and and mm. and uh, people who are. Uh, what, what do you? What, what is, what's the nom de plume? Is it quizzes? Is it quiz yeah, masters? Quick,
2: quick, quick quizzes. Yep. That's yeah, the one.
1: Yep. and uh, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it is. It has these parallels where you have to be in the moment. You yep. have to be. Not only knowledgeable, but you have to improvise as well. Mm. Uh, one of the things that you've explained to me that I find fascinating, that I'd love for you to explain for everyone, is uh, how to work out uh, when a question comes your way. Because mm. for me, you know, I was dumb. I was just like, oh, yeah, you just know stuff. But you, you can actually apply logic to a question.
2: You you can yeah and look I mean just to go back you mentioned comedy I, I spoke to Matt Parkinson you know, the yeah. Goliath um for the book about the link between comedy and and trivia because there I and he he sort of said you know he thinks it's the same part of the brain you know the comedian looks for the quirky things that you know you can make a joke about and the quizzer looks for the quirky things that are just interesting facts and it's very much the same thing and he he um ha- had a moment where he was on It's Academic when he was a teenager when um one of his teammates uh, gave an incorrect answer that he knew, and he said his eyebrows just shot up so far that, like, when everyone watched it back, they thought it was hilarious, and that was the moment that he realised that, you know, comedy and this sort of serious quizzing could actually go really well together. So, Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I just wanted to mention that when you've been talking about comedy. But um, as far as, like, working out an answer, it it can be hard when it's – you know, like a final chase sort of situation where things are coming at you really quickly because you don't necessarily have a lot of time to work it out. But in a multiple choice scenario, yeah, that's that's half half the job really. The, the amount of questions that come up that when they come up, I immediately go, oh, I'm not sure about this. But you can work out. You can go, well, it's definitely not, um, you know, C because that's just a ridiculous answer. Yeah. So already you're down to a 50-50. And it's it's just about kind of weighing up the the probabilities but um i also because i've done so much trivia i've i've written pub trivia and written a lot of questions myself i sort of get into the mind of the question writer a bit as well and i think why why have they found this interesting enough to make a question out of it and sometimes that leads you to the answer because because that'll tell you that uh it's 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 only an interesting question if b is the answer you know so there are little ways that you can you can try to sort of just you know get that little bit of an advantage:
1: Yeah yeah it's, by the way, the way you're explaining it is just very casual, but I've seen you do it within like seconds as well, <laughs> yeah. which is it's, it's really thrilling you know because uh, mm. I get to sit backstage and watch it all unfold and when I especially when I know you're, you're taking your time, that, that's the most exciting moment where I can see you just take a beat you you know you've only got a certain amount of time to get so many yep. questions right and then
2: i can almost
1: it's it's imperceptible to anyone else but because mm. i know you now i'm like he's working this out and yes. then boom
2: yes great that's that's right and sometimes when i watch it back i think to myself oh gee i took a real a lot of time to to work that one out but then i'll watch it back and i'll go oh actually that was only a split second that right. happened that happened in my brain
0: so right. fast
2: and yet i thought i was wasting time thinking thinking yeah. through the answer but, yeah. Um, like in the final chase, especially if I am trying to go quickly, like half the time it's just word association. You know, like l- like Larry will you know, name a um you know a country and you know a, a famous actor from that country or something, and you just all of a sudden you go, all right, well who's the most famous range? Bang! You know, it's just it's just yeah. this kind of you're not necessarily answering the question. You're just going quickly, quickly. What's yeah. the, what's the most li- likely answer? Quickly, you know. Um, yeah, and, and, it's,
1: in, and it's like uh, it's like a, a, p- athletes who you know, when they play sport, they often talk about how in the, in the moment of a game, everything slows down and they can kind of see all these options. But when you're watching it, they're moving at quite a few speeds, and it's, it's not dissimilar, isn't it? You're, yeah. you're thinking, geez, I think I just wasted four seconds, exactly, it's like half a second, you exactly. know, and, and that um, makes the
2: difference. That's right, and 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 Matt uh, Parkinson he's he's compared it to what you know what they call the flow, the flow state, you know, which is where it, it's to do you know people have it in sport or in you know entertainment whatever where things are just just flowing and you just you just got this amazing rhythm and um, there are times in in quizzing and the chase where that happens as well where you're just on a roll and it's almost like you can't do anything wrong and. That's that's the ideal mental state to be to be in for yeah. the show. The the state that you don't want to be in is where you're starting to second guess yourself a little bit, and you you sort of start to say an answer, and then you go, oh, "Hang on," and you might get a couple wrong, and it just can really throw 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 off that um that rhythm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've you know we've made so many episodes of the chase together now because uh, yeah. it's a machine. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> I've, I've told people that, you know, we've made like 170 episodes together and, you know, I'm telling Will Anderson that and he's like, yeah. Yeah. I've done Gruen for 13 years and I haven't made that many episodes. Exactly, But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I can almost pick up on every one of your rhythms now. Mm. So I can tell uh, for the most part, if if you get a question wrong in the final chase and it's early or whatever, I can tell when you're a bit like, eh, I just didn't know that one. Yep. And you move on. But I can also tell it's like, oh, I think we might be in for a tough one here because yeah. I, I can kind of tell with the energy of uh, that question kind of eluding you.
2: Yeah, that's right. And and you can probably also tell because I sort of, uh, slam my fist and kind of it, trying not to swear at myself. And it might be that it's you know, because it's a question that I know I know the answer to. And I just yeah. for some reason, it's just not coming to me or I have second guessed myself and I thought of the right answer and I've gone away from it. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, you, you as the you know chaser producer, if you like, you would, you would really have, I think a fascinating insight into that because, because we're, we're the ones who are sort of up there doing it in, in the moment. And, but you're seeing, you know, all of us in, in that, um, in that environment. And, uh, yeah, I sort of think of, think of you as, as a bit of our, you know, our Ted Lasso at the moment. You know, you're, <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're there to kind of just help us be in the right frame of mind. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, um, it's because uh, it, it really is in so many ways like a sport and, and you sort of need uh, some sort of coach to just kind of help you just, you know, focus a bit sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating because uh, there's, it's, Every approach with every chaser is completely different mm. as well. So, you know, when we're coming up with lines, uh, you're more conversational. So we'll I'll, I'll try to find a way to almost be a conversation starter. Yeah. And then uh, Paco, who has that stand-up comedy background, he's about a joke. He just kind sure. of wants it to be a... Uh, a muscular joke yep. and then you've got Issa, the super nerd and you give him four options and he's like oh, I like all of them <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right, that's right. <laughs> so it, 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 it's,
1: it, it's I, what I enjoy is uh, I get a run of uh, episodes with you and I get into a rhythm with mm. you and then and then I get a new chaser and then it's like, alright, now we've got to change up and yeah. move things around a little bit and yeah Uh, that's great. You know, uh, getting back to when you were younger. So, uh, you love sport and you, uh, started off as a journalist, uh, covering cricket. That's right. Yeah, that that? was,
2: uh, that wasn't my first journalism job. My first journalism job was, uh, as an agricultural reporter with, um, stock and land newspaper where, where I had, I, I had the job title beef and cattle editor, um, (laughs) So that was, uh, that was an, a, a good introduction to journalism. And when I say editor, um, what that meant was that I edited the entire section. There, there was no one working under me. I was just right. – I was, I was the one person. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. It sounds
1: sounds like a sexy farmer calendar, beef and cattle. Beef and cattle. <laughs> and
2: monthly. Yeah, no, it's, it's – um, that was a that was look it was a good job in terms of learning about journalism and because it was a pretty small staff, you sort of did a bit of everything yeah um, but i I certainly didn't didn 't see it as my you know my long term thing um, I was very lucky to get a job uh, as a cricket writer and I did that for eleven years and you know followed the Australian team around a fair bit to you know test test tours and world cups all over the all over the world and yeah. um yeah that was that, I thought that was my dream job, and then I got to be a chaser, and I was like, oh, maybe this Jesus. is my dream
1: job. <laughs> wow, this has worked out quite well. I've got exactly. two dream jobs back that's to right. back. Yeah. It, it's good. I, I think it's good to kind of learn your craft with something that's a little bit drier, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah. easy to kind of look back on that kind of stuff and think, ah, that wasn't for me, but it, it also means that you are actually just doing the job and you're yeah. focusing on the mechanics of it. So when you exactly. get to what you love, you can kind of ease into it and enjoy it a little bit more, right?
2: Well, that's right, and I found that I was uh, I was so far out of my depth in terms of the things that I was having to cover, like you know, the, the the farmers or you know stock and stock agents would like just say say words as if I knew what these words meant, and I was just standing there going, uh huh, uh huh, hold up the tape recorder and record <laughs> it, and then go back to the office and try to work out what the hell they were talking about. Yeah, right. And you know, um, <clears throat> but it was. It was a pretty good, um, pretty good grounding in, I guess, finding a way to make a make a, a topic, um, you know, readable. I guess because yeah. I, I had to understand it first myself in yeah. order to then write about it. So it was it was probably in hindsight a, a pretty good um, introduction to, um, <laughs> you know, finding ways to learn about something that I really had no idea about.
1: Yeah. yeah, and also a good way to learn how to bluff as well when they're absolutely. talking about things that you don't know about. You go, yeah. yeah, oh no, of course, yeah, that's absolutely. what I was
2: thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So uh, yes, I um, there's uh, <laughs> there's a great Mark Twain um, um short story. It's called How I Edited an Agricultural Paper, and it's about how this guy comes and fills in as the editor on the on the, the rural newspaper and writes all of these things that are just completely incorrect he clearly has no idea and when i happened to read that story when i was working at Stuck and land and i thought wow it's like he's. It's like he's looked into my soul, and he knows. Yeah. He, he he understands you know, what I'm going through.
1: Yeah, century before he's giving you the blueprint for how to exactly. move forward. That's so, right. yeah. so uh, with the with the love of sport, is that uh, where the beginning of knowing a lot of uh, a lot of trivia starts? Because uh, I, until you kind of mentioned the uh, the the Dawn Fraser story, mm. uh, I remember as a kid because I was an NBA fan, the yep. amount of crazy stuff that, you know, someone would just mention, say, uh, Magic Johnson in game six of the 1980 mm-hmm. final. And that was one of the thir- first things I went, oh, yeah, 42 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists, played centre, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so is that is that kind of uh, where you're, uh, like the reserve of trivia begins uh, we're knowing sports statistics and things like
2: that it's it i don't know if it's where it begins but it's certainly it's certainly all part of the same the same thing because um you know i was really into my cricket and footy so and cr- cricket is yeah, yeah. It, it's the best sport for stats because it's yeah. just you got yeah, you know, 150 years of, of history and yeah, I had a book called Test Cricket Lists when I was a kid and it's yeah. just like that is that that is what it says on the tin. It's you know, um, lists of stats related to Test cricket and you know footy I would go through and yeah, uh, I knew all the players' numbers and you know, stats and everything. And so it's probably that same part of the brain that is taking in that information and sorting it and kind of finding ways to, you know, remember it. It's probably the same part of the brain that that um you can then adapt to other parts of trivia, but I mean, you know, for me, one of one of the one of the really early things when I was a kid uh, that probably was an indication of where I might go was we went on a family holiday to Canberra when I was I think five. In fact, I might have only been four, and um, and I must have sh- shown some interest in like the the prime ministerial portraits or something at Parliament House because. My parents bought me this poster of the of the prime ministers, like it had them all sort of set out. And over the next couple of years I just I just memorized it, yeah, you know, to the point yeah, right. to the point where I could just say them all in ten seconds. It was like, you know, Barton, Deacon Watson Reed, Deacon Fisher, Deacon Fisher, Cook, Fisher Hughes, Bruce Gullen, and Lyons, Page means he's Faden Ford, Chifley, means he's Holt McEwen, Gordon, McMahon Whitlam, Fraser Hook. Keating now it goes into, you know, all the, uh, the, um, carnage of Rudd, <laughs> Rullard, Rudd, Abbott, it's, it's a, a bit harder now, but, um, you know, <laughs> that, that was my party trick when I was in primary school. Right. Um, and even now I can still do it. And, um, uh, so, you know, that's, I think I clearly just had this sort of brain that somehow liked to sort of sort information and, and, And sort of like large chunks of information, you know, like I also memorised all the lyrics to, you know, We Didn't Start the Fire, which is like this rapid-fire sort of history thing, you know.
1: That is crazy that you just say that because I was literally going to say to you after you were doing the uh, list of prime ministers yep. that I said I was having Billy Joel flashback for a moment <laughs> then because it had the same rhythm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like if you'd
1: finished it with, you know, with Albo and, and started saying We Didn't Start the Fire, that would have <laughs> yeah. made a lot of sense to me. That's right, yeah. What else do I have to say?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, it's um... – yeah, I don't know why my brain works that way. And, I mean, just, you know, thinking of the comedy link again, I I, I heard um, Sammy J interviewed one time where he was saying he, he that's his party trick as well is reciting all the prime ministers really quickly. It's just right. this weird, weird little, um, you know, thing that, uh, uh, yeah, for whatever reason that just became almost like, you know, a, another, another sort of entry path into me going, oh, I just want to learn lists of information and all this sort of yeah. stuff. And, and then as time went on, it just became apparent that, you know, there were ways to win money and prizes from using right. this talent. Um, right. So I got obsessed with Sale of the Century and, and that sort of thing, and it's all just spiralled out of control from there. Yeah.
1: Well, so, so just before you uh, try your hand at TV, are you entering uh, competitions or are you just kind of doing things casually and, and sort of looking around and going – I seem to be doing really well here is it time to take it to the next level how how does it I uh, mean, what's the step
2: well it's mostly pretty casual largely because at that point I'm still living at home at high school in the country there's not really much on offer but the yeah. one thing that I did do was I started calling up um like the ABC radio after midnight quiz that uh, Tony Delroy used to host um you know, that's it's still on air it's been on air for 30 plus years it's a bit yeah. of a- an institution um and that was sort of the one thing that i could do from home in the country and and actually have like some you know a bit of pressure you know because all of a sudden like you'd be on the line waiting and then you'd hear what would happen is like the the volume would just increase and you'd yeah go, oh, okay i'm on here they're, they're about to come to me and um and you know i was like 16 years old or something and this is a nationwide audience and um and I think I, I ended up winning it four times, you know, over the over the couple of years in high school, and you know, got a um, you know a few magazines and uh, you know a Tanya Kernigan country music CD and like Amazing. all the stuff that, that you know I had really no interest in, but it was just about that sort of um, that like almost just the adrenaline rush of being in a in a pressure sort of quiz situation, and um, and so then. Yeah, once I moved to, uh, to, the, to Melbourne to go to university, like literally one of the first things I did was apply to be on sale of the century. So Yeah, right. Yeah, and and I, I, I did go on it in my, in my first year of uni. So it was um, yeah, basically my entire adult life has been in one way or another, um, there's always been quizzes, quiz shows in the background.
1: Yeah. Does, uh, does Tony try to claim you? that he's like oh yeah i i, I helped kick off uh, bryden's career well
2: i interviewed him for the book actually i don't know whether he he remembered me but um but isa the the super nerd he did exactly the same thing and but right. took it more seriously than me uh you know because he he um he managed to sort of find you know i i was doing it in a, in a pretty casual sort of way you know try it every no, you know not every week or anything not every night just you know hit the redial button a few times see if you can get through Issa said he he was doing it almost every night he had two landlines on the go you know so that he could constantly be you know <laughs> back and forth. yep and he he said he found out just like the precise sort of timing that you needed and um to be able to like you had to sort of you had to be able to predict when they were about to say the lines are now open, and you had to be able to call just before they would say it. Right. And um, and you know there's all this all this stuff. That's why you used to hear the same names over and over again. But um, so I think both of us have actually come come into um, <laughs> you know competitive quizzing through through that that ABC radio quiz.
1: That is a fantastic visual of Issa with two phones
2: to his ears trying <laughs> to right. get through. That's uh, that, That's right. Sounds and, like a
1: recipe for disaster.
2: <laughs> well, and he, he said that he was allowed to do that because those calls were free. It was you know, a 1-800 yes. number. But when it came to like who wants to be a millionaire, his parents put a very strict limit on how many calls he was allowed to do because those were like 50 cents a call or something oh,
1: like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. better get on and win that million dollars just to <laughs> exactly. pay the phone bill. That's so. Right. So when you get on uh, Sale of the Century, uh, who which host did you have? Was no, that Glen was Ridge?
2: The, this was the Glen Ridge era, and it was the very tail end of it. Though. It was sort of right. a year later, yeah.
1: Right. And what was the uh, first experience of being on TV like? Did you
2: Were you excited? Was it a bit overwhelming? How did um, you go? I was, <laughs> look, I was really excited by it, and, I've always considered myself quite an introvert, but it was fascinating how being in that sort of environment, in a studio uh, with questions coming at you, it just felt natural. You know, it felt like something that I really just wanted to do more of and more of and more of. And, um, you know, there's always, there's, there's always a lot of, a lot of nerves and, but, but what helped was, you know, they used, they used to film five episodes a day Um oh really whole, yeah it'd be the whole monday to friday's worth of shows <gasps> that they would film in one day because they're only half hour shows you know hours oh yeah a, hours an hour so we can't do five but um, um don't even it, make that as a suggestion no, as a no, no. Way in case someone <laughs> <Exactly>. listens <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but i didn't get on until the fifth episode of the day which was actually really good because i'd seen four be filmed i was able to get into you know understanding how it worked the studio audience started the day with kind of probably 20 25 people of whom um you know one was my mum, one was my brother and most of the rest were you know people they'd bust in from like an old folks home or something like that (laughs) which was often what happened on those daytime you know (laughs) filmings and by the time I got on it was well after 6 p.m and and those people had all gone home you know well and truly you know possibly even to bed I don't know and um and it was like like my mum and brother and maybe two other people there. So I I just sort of pretended that that's that's all that was watching me. You know I knew yeah. that the show would go to air and everyone around the country could see it. Um, but I I think just having having um, such a, a small sort of set just helped me um, you know be confident with with um, being willing to buzz in for my answers and everything because I think. One, one thing that a lot of people who go on quiz shows, they're just so worried about looking silly, you know, yes. it's giving an answer that's.
0: Normally being a little extra can be a bit much.
2: that's incorrect or whatever. Um, and yeah, we all do it. I've done it. I've done it so many times. I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, but the thing is, I always just take the, take the view that the people at home, you know, if they think it's silly, well, all right. Have you had a go? Have you come on a show? Yeah. If not, then I don't really care if you think it's silly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it's funny, isn't it? It's the, uh, I get this with movies sometimes as well. If I haven't seen a movie that someone's seen, there they're in shock mm. you haven't seen blah 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 yeah. and it's like i'm i bet you get the same thing of like i can't believe you didn't know this and it's like yeah, yeah but right. i fucking
2: know all of that so <laughs> that's right exactly you know. exactly um you know and and but a uh, part of part of it with the chase especially like that's actually part of the appeal because that means that viewers can feel like they have have won over on the chaser it's like yeah oh yeah the chaser didn't know this and um yeah it's uh, you know um, uh, so, so someone we know who's quite into sort of you know military stuff and and that's you know not a strength for mine and so every time I get a question wrong on that he's like oh gee oh yeah how'd you miss that oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's fine you know I, I, don't, I don't mind that but um, but equally I think you know um, the amount of questions that I, I do get right that are things that uh, the average person you know would probably have to like really think, think about. And um, it, it's sort of, it's sort of a bit like a, you know, they always say like an umpire in sport, you know, it, you, if you don't notice them, it means they're doing a good job. And so yeah. if I'm just getting a lot of questions, right. And a lot of questions, right. And you're sort of almost not noticing, I guess that means I'm doing a good job as well.
1: Right. It's funny whether when you go up against contestants, I, I actually think when you get on a roll and you answer a whole bunch of questions in a row, correct. It's almost like the contestants, even though they've lost, are thrilled because, yeah. because you know, it's like they weren't in the game anyway. And then you can yeah. just, like, I've seen you just, like, nail 14 questions in a row. And yeah. the contestants at the end are like, we've just missed out on $40,000, but yay! <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> they're really right.
2: into it. That's right. The, yeah. I think, and, and that sometimes happens. You just get on, on this big roll and, yeah. Uh, uh, uh what often happens then is they just go, oh, well, you know, that was amazing. We never stood a chance. I think when when the contestants, you know, when it really hurts is when it gets down to the wire and they yeah. just, they think, they think that the, the, they can almost sort of touch that money and then we get sort of like three in a row in the last 10 seconds or something and it's just sort of take taken away from them. I think that's the, those are the hard ones. It's almost like, again, it's like a sporting team, you know, if you're if your team gets absolutely thrashed well you go oh well whatever um, yeah. whereas if you lose by a point you, that those are the ones that hurt because it's, it's it's what could have been yeah and
1: i've i've seen all of you do uh you know there'll be 2 seconds to go you need one question and you know invariably if that's the case, it, Larry needs time to read out the question, so you're mm. not going to get to answer. And I've seen you all do things like Larry will say the Parthenon, and you'll say Athens, and yeah. you've got it right.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they're
1: like, "What? You oh, didn't even finish the question."
2: I know, and I've had like I've had ones that have gone both ways on that that final buzzer. There's been quite a few times where they the um, producers have had to go and recheck and recheck and recheck the tape to see you know exactly when the answer was given and when the buzzer went and i've had ones that have gone both ways that i've just squeezed in and that i've just missed out on and you, you might be sitting there waiting for five minutes because it's a really close one and they just have to be absolutely precise about you know making sure they get it right yeah, And often at the time, like, I don't know whether I've won it. The contestants don't know whether I've won it. It's just it's just these few minutes where they're kind of like heads in hands going, oh, this is all just, you know, it's all in the lap, lap of the gods now. It's, um, yeah. it's you know, there's often some, some pretty big money on the line.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like I've watched, uh, you know, our producer, uh, Deb Stewart, who's so funny. Like Mm. just one of the funniest people that I've ever worked (laughs) with. And, and, you know, she goes in and she talks to the contestants and she'll Mm. say, you know, I I don't think people at home realise that she has to kind of lay out how the questions and the answers will work, you know, so she'll she'll explain. Sometimes we'll have to get really down to the wire to check things out. Mm. Uh, You know, if the answer is, you know, if the answer is uh, Shane Warne, you can't say... Shane warns you know you yes, can't right. you, like that's we know right.
2: you know but you have to yeah.
1: get it precise and it works that way for you guys as well
2: oh absolutely and it's very easy to to sort of muck things up and and the general rule with most quiz shows with that sort of stuff is um yeah if you sort of add in a letter like if you said you know Shane warns well th- that would be wrong because you've clearly changed changed the name to something else but if it's a more of a pronunciation issue where uh you know um i'm trying to think of an example but you know say say i said oh you know justin hamilton um you know they they would they would probably pay that because yeah it's just a uh, not the right pronunciation but it's it's something that you could reasonably say was the same word yeah Um, it's it's
1: important for people from adelaide when they're on in the arts as lego that's right.
2: That's right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if our adjudicator is from from Adelaide or, or not. But, uh, but if not, you know, that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, we'll
1: let that one through. Um just getting back to sail the century. Uh, uh, how'd you go? And because uh, I'm sure you
2: won, didn't you? And I won. Th- I won three nights. Three um, nights as a 19 as year old. Um, and then, look. I mean, I feel like everyone has uh, you know, a sob story uh, of, a, of a game show everyone who's been on it's like oh, ah yeah, know, i lost but i shouldn't have really lost it's like yeah you right. find excuses um but what happened with me was it was in this era where they were trying to boost sales ratings and they called it sale of the new century and sort of added <laughs> a few they, they added a few tweaks and yes and one of the tweaks was they eliminated the lowest scorer after round two and round three so that um yeah, there was only two people in the in the final mi- minute and uh I was I'm pretty sure I was in in front or at least you know pretty close to being in front and there was this one other guy sort of quite a fair way behind he hadn't he, like he'd answered a couple right a couple wrong all night he was he was pretty much back at the starting point point. and um yeah I was in front and I chose to play the cash card which you know you spent $15 for the chance to win $5000 so yep. I I I took that gamble and that dropped me below another, like the other that, um who was coming second. And then this guy who was coming third, all of a sudden just got a run of questions, right. And then it, it came down to the the final, who am I? And Glenn said, you know, I was born in, born in 1890. Um, uh, something to do with the, you know, the French communist party. And I was starting to think, oh, this this might be Ho Chi Minh. I just I feel like I just need to hear Vietnam to be sure. And um sure enough, in the meantime, John, this other guy has buzzed in and said Ho Chi Minh, and I was just sitting there going, Ah shit, why didn't I buzz in? I, I yeah. thought it was and then I was like, All right, it's okay. There's seven faces left on the on the fame game board. If he picks the $25, I'm gone, but anything else, it's okay. So he picks Susie Wilkes from Changing Rooms, Susie Wilkes' head. <laughs> just spins around and I hear these doo, 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 doo. It's 25 dollars and I just oh my god I could not believe that it, that my dreams had just come crushing down thanks to you know John the retired you know cop from uh, from Lang Warren Susie Wilkes and Ho Chi Minh it was just like this you know this trio of people who had just you know <laughs> crushed all of my hopes I, I love Donald that actually, you but...
1: remember that so well too oh. I love it
2: Oh, absolutely, I do. It was, you know, I literally had nightmares about it. It was, um, and the thing is, you know, John, you know, he 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 knew he wasn't going to win the game because he was fairly slow on the buzzer. Um, Yeah, and he would have actually preferred a prize, you know, because the Fame Game board had prizes. You know, right? he, He would have preferred something that he could take home because he went on to to not win win the game anyway, and so he was really sort of apologetic and felt bad about it. But it was just, it was just this crushing sort of moment because I was virtually halfway towards you know this $250,000 jackpot which you know at at the age of 19 I was like oh, I'm going to win this this is amazing yeah and it was a pretty hard lesson in uh, not counting your chickens <laughs> yeah far out. So do you see Susie Wilkes now and get a little twitch? Every time well, she pops yeah, up? I, I I'm I'm sort of glad that she's not, you know, that that sort of big on TV anymore because I yeah. would I would get a twitch anymore every yeah. time I saw it now. That's so funny. But so ho- you know but I tell you what ho Chi Minh, and every time I hear that name that yeah. hurts. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: mm. Yeah, you know what we we all have those kinds of stories from early on where you know something just Sticks in the back of the yep. head and will we'll never leave. It's just exactly. attached from there. Exactly. So, so where did you go from Sale of the Century? Did you do, uh, like did. you did, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire?
2: Yeah, so next after Sale of the Century was The Weakest Link. Oh, yes. And yeah, I did Millionaire. I did uh, Wheel of Fortune, Catchphrase, a show called Pass the Buck, which was only on for less than six months. Right. Um, but that was actually one where I won a car. I did really well on that. Um, wow. And yeah, the weakest link was, was sort of my second one. And I, I, I did quite well. I got to the final head to head round, but then got, got beaten by the guy who went on to win the champions tournament. So, you know, again, it's a, oh, you know, oh, well, I, 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 should really have won, but you know, it's but, one of those stories. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, the um, past the buck was, was the one where I sort of, I, I really started to actually, you know, have some good success. It was a, it's a funny sort of show. Like, I, I I don't think anyone remembers "Pass the Buck," um, although I thought that. And then I interviewed Mark Humphreys for for the book because, um, you know, ha- having been the pointless host, yeah. And uh, he was talking about shows he used to watch when he was young, and he said, "Oh, yeah, he used to watch Burjo's Catchphrase and Pass the Buck." And I was like, "Pass the Buck? What? You you remember this show? As um, it was a it was it was an afternoon show that um, yeah, you started with ten contestants and kind of like there was questions that had multiple answers and you had to, everyone had to give an answer and you were eliminated if you couldn't. And anyway, I won five nights on that and, and wow. won a car. Um, and then who wants to be a millionaire was sort of a year later, once i started at stock and land um, and I won 32,000 on that. Yeah. right. Um, with the help of my, my brother-in-law as my phone, a friend and, right. um, And after that, it was basically a very dead sort of decade after that, because I'd sort of done all the, all the shows by then. And, um, and I think what happened then was sort of reality TV came along and quiz and game shows were kind of not, there just weren't as many of them coming along. Um, And uh, yeah, it was only once million dollar minute started that I, uh, that I sort of got back into it. and, And that was, that was a big, big win for me. So yeah, did a lot in my early, early just sort of late teenage years and early twenties, and uh, then then a big decade off, really.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's, it's almost like the natural. You started yeah. off with the career, then you went away, and then you've come back That's fully right. in your full Robert Redford guys. This is, so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, before I get on to uh, getting into the chase, what was your favourite one that you appeared on? Which was the one that you felt was uh, the most fun? Um.
2: I mean Sailor Century was always the one that I'd wanted to go on from being a kid. And so that was that was probably the one that I enjoyed the most because I was just I was just more familiar with it, I suppose. And um shows like that, there's there's sort of less pressure in some ways because you can you can afford to get a couple of questions wrong here or there. You just lose five dollars and you can bounce back. Whereas things like who wants to be a millionaire you get one question wrong you're gone you know yeah. so actually it was the same with past the buck you know so shows like shows like those um it's really quite high pressure you just kind of aff- there's very little leeway for error um and sale of the century like I, I i i because i have a good memory for dates i was really good on the on the who am i's <laughs> yeah, apart from ho chi Minh, as a general rule <laughs> um you know like i was getting them from you know like yeah, born in born in Sydney in 1934 and dying in 1994. It, it was just like that was enough information for me to get that it was Lou Hoed, the tennis player. You know, like yeah. my brain just could remember dates like that, and so that was I, that was the show that I think suited me the best. Um, it was just a bit unfortunate that at 19, I was I was I was just a bit too young to really do seriously well on it.
1: Right, right. And so when did you realise that there was a quizzing community? Because it would have been like you just would have, you know, you're by yourself in a, uh, you know, at home getting online and then suddenly
2: it's like there's all these people. I I did realise that you would start to see the same people on shows over and over again. Um, But as far as an actual quizzing community, I don't know that there really has been one until... You know, fairly recent years in Australia because um because it's re- it's really just been quiz shows, um pub trivia, you know, you might go along and have your same team that you play with. but um you know these days there's quite a lot more organized quizzes, and uh, you know, there's world quiz championships, and there's yeah. all this sort of stuff which um, you know i only I only dabble in at the very, very sort of, you know, Basic level, whereas someone like Isa, you know, focuses his whole year on training for the World Quiz Championships, and yep. uh, and it's it is like a professional sport in many ways. And you know, he he finished th- about 30 or thirty first, something like that, in the world this year. So that's, yeah, that's right. a pretty impressive effort. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but but, but back in uh, yeah back in the days when I was just watching game shows. Yeah, you would see the same people and I would I would, I would recognize them because I was a, a quiz show nerd. I'd go, oh yeah, I've seen I've seen him on sale of the century and now yeah. he's a millionaire. Oh he'll probably be good, you know? And um and part of that is because you know you think about how how many people actually audition for quiz shows. There's really not that many. And then right. you've also got to pass the audition. You've also got to then sort of prove that you're you know going to be interesting enough to, to, you know, be on TV. And you end up with a pretty small pool of contestants, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, you know, when uh, Larry's interviewing people, and it, it's one of my favourite things with you is when he, uh, you know, now and again you'll find out that a contestant's been on a lot of shows mm. and uh, Larry's always desperate for them to tell him that uh, this is his favourite. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Larry. Yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. loves you, mate. It's all good. <laughs> Your favourite has to be either this or The Price is Right. <laughs> the Price is Right. Yeah, that's it. They're, they're
2: the only two answers that are correct. Uh, so
1: how'd you end up on The Chase?
2: Um, well, I so about a year before they were um, starting, casting The Chase, I'd been on Million Dollar Minute which was you know, this show on uh, this the same um, time slot as The Chase is now on Channel 7 and it was very similar to Sale of the Century. It was you know three contestants with buzzers all of that but there was no, um, you know, there was no pick off the board and you win uh, you know, a box of uh, car care products. It was all just cash, you know. Right. So I, when as soon as that show came along, I thought, oh, this is what I've been waiting for, you know. This is the same sort of skills, like quick on the buzzer, anticipating the questions because that's one of the other things that, that I really got quite good at was, you know, like, let, let's say you know, the host was asking, you know, what's the capital city of? That's that's when you buzz. You haven't yeah. even heard the country yet, but because you know that it's, while I'm buzzing, the host is yeah. going to say, of Germany. Yes. And so all of a sudden I'm the one who has locked out the other players Yeah. and I've got the answer all to myself. Yeah. And so Million, million Dollar Minute had that same you know, um skill set required that sale had and so i i i got on that i won 300,000 uh decided to walk away at that point rather than push on because um i i was just fine starting to find it really stressful thinking about how much money i could lose oh yeah um, and and I actually still had this nearly fifteen-year hangover from Sailor of Century, from from knowing how quickly things can change when you think you're you think you're on a roll. You just, you know, you just never know um, what's going to happen, and you never know who's going to be the next contestant to come through for the next episode. Like for all I knew, there could have been a, a really high-class sort of champion player that they yeah. were holding back and, and waiting to sort of, you know, throw at me to just to see how I went. Yeah. And I wasn't prepared to sort of tempt fate like that, you know? So, so I, um, so yeah, that's, that's essentially uh, the show that I think put me probably in the, in the the mind um, for the chase when they were producing it. Um, and I, I did, I knew that they were, um starting to think about the chase. I'd watched the UK show a lot and I, I applied to be a contestant, but I put a little note on the application and said, you know, you might want to also you know, think about me as a chaser as well. <laughs> right. Um, and I have no idea whether that ever, uh, you know, was part of part of why they gave me a call or whether it was completely unrelated. But, um, but one day I was down at Belle Reve Oval in Hobart, covering a, you know, a world cup cricket training session. And I just got this random call you know, from a a TV producer and I was walking around, you know, watching Zimbabwe and Island train and answering a quiz, quiz on the phone with a TV producer in Sydney. Um, and from there it was all just, you know, then there was a series of auditions and, um, Yeah, here I am seven years later and we're still doing the chase.
1: Yeah, that's great. Did you get to pick the
2: shark or were you given options or how did you come up with the persona? I didn't didn't get to uh, choose the name at at all really, but um, I think, so basically what happened was the chasers in the UK sort of all have their nicknames and their kind of persona, you know, like the governess is, you know, scary and, um, you know, intimidating and, um yeah the cinema man is more the kind of comedian you know that sort of thing so everyone had their little personalities and i think the idea was that the australian ones you know they wanted to sort of find um you know characters in inverted commas um and so the super nerd was born and goliath and and mine was mine was the shark the idea being it was a bit of a card shark kind of thing you know like sharply dressed and you know sort of treated almost a bit like a sport where, you know, you might sort of, you know, um, just be a bit intimidating for the contestants. And so that's where the name came from, but it, it sort of be- soon became apparent as, you know, we started filming that really, you know, what worked best was just being slightly exaggerated versions of ourselves, you know, yeah. rather than trying to sort of fit yourself into some sort of character. Um so so essentially uh you know i i just became someone who you know would you know take the piss a bit and you know um be a bit of a smart ass at times and you know um tell a few bad dad jokes and things and um uh, but but with that sort of sporting competitiveness that because that was a, a key part of it like i've always viewed it um i don't think quizzing is a sport but it's very similar to a sport in that mindset and so that's sort of, I guess, where the shark um, came from. Um, and uh, yeah, seven years later, I sort of look back and and think, oh, what? Uh, uh, I watched I watched one of my first episodes again recently, and I was just struck by how seriously I was taking it. You know, right. I was, I didn't look like I was I had any sort of you know sense of humor or anything. I was really, and I think it was just because I was a focusing on. You know the mechanics of it, but also be kind of trying to just you know show everyone that you know I deserve to be there, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then now you're so relaxed, and you know, even in the time we've worked together, we've moved away from the type of jokes that we were working on mm. to begin with. Yes. and uh, we're in a completely different realm now, and yeah. uh, and I think that's just progress. You know, that's yeah. just you know moving it forward as as a person, and then. You know, wanting to reflect more of where you're at. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and people don't realise that. You know, nobody like. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that people who are fans of the show are really surprised when they talk to me that they oh they, the contestants don't know who's coming out. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> there's so much subterfuge behind the scenes with us right. running backwards and forwards and hiding yeah. and then yeah. Uh, the amount of times that when you guys come out, you get a round
2: of applause because everyone's yeah. like, oh, this is exciting. This oh, is great. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, they, they have no idea. And there's, you know, we, we've got to be really careful to, you know, make sure that we're not coming in the same time as, as the yeah. it's, um, uh, And, yeah, it's they they honestly have, have no idea who's coming at, at any given time. But um, I think some people also ha- are under the misapprehension that, the, the contestants get to choose which chaser they play against. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas in reality, it's all, you know, there's all already a, a fixed schedule of who's going to be on, on each episode. It's um, there's, there's certainly no, um, oh, I want the shark, so here's the shark. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have no idea. Yeah. Um, I should uh, let you go, but I have uh, two quick questions for you. Uh, um, maybe let, let's ask about the book now. How did the book come around and... Uh, was this, was this something that you went to publishers with or was this uh, an approach that came to you?
2: Um, I had been thinking of writing a book like this for several years, really. I, I just I, I thought, you know, Australians have like had quiz shows as being such a part of the culture, even before TV, you know, radio and then into television. Sailor the Century went for 20 years, you know, Millionaire you know, has been going for forever. And I no one's ever really sort of you know, written that book um you know about that culture. And but I what I wanted to do, I never really intended it to be much of a, a memoir, even though I have a lot of experience in these areas, but I wanted to be able to interview some of the, you know, the great you know, quiz show champions like Kerry Young, who was the real dominant sale player in the eighties, yeah. and um you know Martin Flood, who won a million on Who Wants to be a Millionaire, and um <clears throat> A bunch of other people, and, and not just quiz shows. Like there's a chapter on pub trivia. There's yeah, on uh, Trivial Pursuit. One on the world quizzing championships, and um, and it's sort of it's also you can play along with the book as well. It's it you know there's questions sort of mentioned throughout, and I footnote the answers so you can sort of play along. So, I mean, that was kind of always the 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 vision that I had for the book. Um, and I think I, I did try and pitch it for a, a while, and I think publishers were just a little bit sort of. I think they worried that it might be a bit niche. Um right. And um my argument was always that like, you know, but but just just look at, you know, look at how long these quiz shows have been going. You know, people yeah. watch them. People yeah. play along with them. Like people love love this stuff and um so yeah, I, I um I sort of, you know, kind of put it on hold a bit, did a few interviews, but uh, then out of the blue got a, you know, had, had contact from um, Alan and Unwin who, who were, were interested. And, um, yeah, it, it sort of just went from there. I, I, I stupidly agreed to write it, um, you know, last year with three small kids in, in at home 24 hours a day in, in lockdowns. And What, uh, a, what was, a better time to write a book. That, that, that's right, yeah. Every, <laughs> every, everyone uh, was saying during lockdowns, it's like, oh, you know, so much time to work on these projects now. And I was going, well... Not if you've got three kids at home all the time. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, I was, there was a lot of writing going on at uh, midnight. That's for sure. Yeah, Cheryl. yeah, absolutely. No,
1: it's such a great idea. And also saying something is niche is guess what really sells? Yeah. Niche. Because well, exactly. it's specific and people can jump on board yeah. with it. Uh, I guess uh, I think people fear that stuff too much. Like they yeah. fear because because they don't get it. yeah they think oh well the broader public won't get it but if you if you actually pay attention to it mm-hmm. as you said quizzes have been in everyone's lives for such well, a long time that's right. casual and on tv and radio etc
2: yeah and and my uh, look i never wanted it to be written for a niche audience either i was you know like one of my writing idols is bill bryson because he can take any subject and just make it broadly interesting and yeah. funny and you know you just wanna read about this this topic that you thought you previously had no interest in um and so that's that's sort of the approach that I wanted to take was it be something that you know you didn't have to be a quiz nerd to pick up and sort of enjoy because it's it's just sort of it's storytelling essentially and yeah and that's kind of what you know um you know good good journalism is 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 sort of taking a a subject um that you know. Might have interest for some people, might not have interest for other people, and telling it in such a way that you know, everyone can get something out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, it's giving people a jumping on point to enjoy yeah. a passion, and that's you right. Know, yeah. uh, what a what a great idea! What a great success! The last thing I want to leave uh, leave you with, question wise, is. What's the one topic that you need to study on that you quite clearly, in all honesty, do not give a shit about? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, oh, look. One, uh, look, there, if I was really being honest, there are several. Um, yeah. I <laughs> but, have one in my head, so that's why I want to see what you answer. Okay. Well, look classical music is one of the ones that i've always had trouble with i was never that interested in it when the chase started i was like oh i'm going to have to really try and work out who these composers are and what they did um unfortunately we don't get asked as many show uh, questions on the australian show as on you know some of the british quiz shows it doesn't yeah. come up as much yeah um, you know but also i would also say because i i grew up you know as an afl fan um you know aussie rules football um some of the other you know codes like you know rugby union, rugby league, I'm like, oh I just I do not watch this sport at all, and yet you yeah know, I'm really gonna I'm really going to have to try to to sort of you know show an interest in in learning about who all the key names are and and the good teams you know.
1: Yeah, it's fun when we're doing the the warm-ups, you know, when we're hanging out before the show starts. And uh, a lot of the – parko's a little bit the same as well. And it's like you ask a rugby question. Is it the Rabbitohs? No. Is it uh, this? Yeah, no. That's, <laughs> a, that's right. So okay. I was I was going to say in answer to that question was Marvel movies, oh, superhero well, movies. Yes. Yeah, no, that's a, that's
2: a good point. Look – I, I would potentially be interested in, in watching them but it's one of those uh, it's one of those topics where there are now so many of them that it's a bit yes. daunting to start you know like yeah I did watch you know the Iron Man films back right in the early days but um yeah I I think there are so, there are just so many characters and yeah. you know alter egos and it's just a bit a bit overwhelming um, yeah so I'm sure one day I'll get around to watching them. However, I don't know whether I'll be able to keep up with with the the amount that are released. Like, even with Disney Plus now, it's like
1: you're focusing on the movies and suddenly, you know, an obscure character like Moon Knight is turning up or Ms. Marvel started last night. And it's funny, now when I see these things pop up, the chasers are the first people I think yeah. of, and that's why sometimes when I'll come in, I'll, I'll, because I'm kind of across some of that, I'll come in and say, "Hey, Miss Marvel
2: started." The main character called Kamala Khan. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's, but you know what? Like, the, sometimes those are also the ones that are the most satisfying when we do get get one right, because yeah, I have tried to learn some of that stuff and you know, use kind of, you know, flashcard app and stuff to ask myself questions. And then, you know, it flips over. And so you get that word association kind of stuff. And I remember, you know, getting one that was, um, uh, I think it was, you know, what what Marvel character is also known as um, Power Man. Is that, is that, does yep. that sound right? And yep. uh, I was able to get Luke Cage yep. you know, straight away, never having watched any movies that feature him in it, but because I had specifically tried to study. So, so those are the ones that are actually sometimes the most satisfying. It's like, yeah. wow, I've managed to get a question in this topic that I really know nothing about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty obscure as well. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a little bit tastier, isn't it? Yeah, so. that's right. That's right.
1: Uh, Brian, this has been great. We, uh, we, you know, we get to work closely together, but it's really fun to be able to chat with you, uh, yep. you know, casually out and about. The Quizmasters is out now. Uh, where can people uh, follow you if they want to see you outside of the chase?
2: Yeah, uh, look, I'm on uh, Twitter. Is uh, where I do a, a fair bit of fair bit of my stuff because um, uh, you know, being a, a, a journalist, um, that's uh, yeah, that's sort of the first social media I ever got on. So, uh, Brighton Coverdale at Twitter. Um, uh, I'm on Instagram as well, um, but uh, yes, otherwise, um, yeah, just you know. Have a, have a look at the Quiz Masters in a bookshop and uh, see if it's something that'll uh, that'll take your interest. I hope that um, there's there's something in there for everybody, whether you're a quiz nerd or not.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. It looks great. Uh, and uh, uh, I reckon it'll be a really good present as well. Yep. You know, we've got Father's Day uh, not too far away and stuff yep. like that. So, That's right.
2: Father's Day coming up. So hopefully uh, hopefully that'll um, shift a few units. <laughs> yeah,
1: keep that in mind. Uh, Brian, great to see you. And uh, I look forward to sitting alongside you and watching Larry desperately convinced that contestants love him more than they love Tom Gleason. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Thank you to Bryden for taking the time to talk to me about his new book. Remember to check out the Quizmasters at your local bookstore. Uh, You know what? See if you can buy it from an independent bookstore. Let's put the money into smaller Australian businesses where we can. And I won't give anything away, but uh, one of my favourite parts of the book is there's a certain uh, piece about uh, uh, an Australian Prime Minister who appeared on a quiz show and his approach to that show really sums up the way he played with politics. I won't say who it is but it will have your eyebrows wagging which is my little hint as to who it's about thank you to claire for being our patreon supporter for the episode if you'd like to have access to bonus podcasts scripts and more head to patreon.com forward slash Hamilton underscore big squid and claire i hope you enjoyed this episode In keeping with Bryden and The Chase and Bryden's book, let's finish today's episode with a quote from the great Jeopardy host, Alex Trebek. Kind of brings us full circle because we started with a Jeopardy joke at the start of the podcast. Uh, This is not only uh, a beautiful quote from Alex, but it is also one that sums up nicely the ethos of this podcast. Alex said, I'm curious about everything, even subjects that don't interest me I know it's really simple be curious people it's really important be curious about everything in the world you will be overwhelmed with how often you will be happily surprised thank you very much until then